welcome to Jay Mosley Ministries Transformational Living Podcast. I'm Jackie Mosley, your host, and I hope you are having an awesome day today. This episode will cover depositing for eternity as spiritual millionaires part four, the final episode of the value of a deposit, the temporary versus the eternal. Now let us go to God in prayer. Gracious Father in heaven, we thank you for the truth of your word that makes us free, that you are not like man that you should lie, for in you there is no darkness. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins and for the cross of Christ that is the only way to salvation and entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, I thank you that it is not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I pray today, God, that godly sorrow will work in hearts everywhere and that you will touch hearts to deposit for eternity in heaven and to use our time and resources to prepare the way to win others to Christ. In Jesus name we pray. Amen and amen. Now before I get started I just want to clarify that this podcast is not a works-based salvation doctrine, but simply stating that good works are the fruit of salvation by grace and that commitment to Christ alone is evidence of a transformed life. The Lord rebuked the Pharisees who had an outward form of religion, who loved money, and did not care for the poor, but dealt in deceit, trickery, fraud, and dishonesty to achieve their goals, oppressing and exploiting those who are weak in the faith and those who are materially poor is wickedness. We as believers are to demonstrate love, kindness, and the compassion of Jesus Christ by reaching out to the least of these among us. So grab you a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, or a bottle of water and join me on this journey of truth to look to the Word of God pertaining to temporary versus eternal value. For there is a vast difference between the values this world perceives as important and what the Lord commands as valuable. The kingdom of this world where man and the devil rules and the kingdom of God where God rules each operates under a different set of values. And where you are depositing determines the treasure of your heart that leads to where you will spend eternity.
in heaven with Christ the Lord or in hell in everlasting separation from Christ. Now I will continue with the examination <clears throat> of the podcast scripture which is coming out of Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 31. Now if you have your Bibles and would like to read along, that would be awesome. And the scripture reads, There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate, full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and in hell he, the rich man, lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And the rich man cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. This is the rich man talking to Abraham, Father Abraham. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They, the five brethren, have Moses and the prophets, which signifies the scriptures today. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not, Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. 
my God today. So today the focus will be on the remaining verses, which is 26 through 31 from Luke chapter 16. So in the opening act, we have two men at the opposite ends of social scales. One man has massive wealth, but no identity. The other man has nothing but a name, but is known personally to God. Now ask yourself an obvious question. Which of these two men would you have chosen to be? The Pharisees, to whom Jesus told this parable, were lovers of money, so it isn't hard to decide the character they would identify with in this parable. Or those who bought into the health and wealth gospel clearly have made their choice. But as you hear the parable, where are you? Which person you have rather been? A person of wealth or a person of faith? There is such a thing as spiritual inequality. It is every bit as pronounced as material inequality. The purpose of this parable about life after death is to make us think of life before death. Very often, I'll say that again, very often rich people are spiritual paupers and poor people are spiritually rich. Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus said, And what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Again, Jesus directed this parable of the rich man and Lazarus to the Pharisees who thought that they would get into heaven because they were good men, because they were religious leaders, because they were at the synagogue every time the doors opened, because they studied the law and the prophets and could quote lengthy sections of it, because they participated in all of the annual feasts and holy days of the Jewish faith because they gave 10% or more of their income to the temple and because they called Abraham their father. But oh my, 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 my God today, the Pharisees' religion was outward. They did what they did to impress others. But God was not impressed but God 
was not impressed because their hearts were full of pride and hypocrisy. Oh my goodness. They would have protested that they kept the law, but they were not concerned about inner heart righteousness before God. They had a form of godliness, but denied the power thereof. Like the rich man in the parable, they were living the good life, assuming that they would go to heaven again, assuming they would go to heaven. But their love of money blinded them to God's perspective, to God's truth. Oh, they had their truth because they had an assumption that they were going to heaven because of all of the outward acts of religion that they performed. That was their truth. But they were not concerned about God's truth. They were in for a rude awakening if they did not repent and take heed to the true message of the law and the prophets before they died. Now in this parable, the rich man was not guilty of any gross sin. In other words, the scriptures didn't say that uh, he received his fortune, his material fortune through unjust gain. But his fault was living for himself and for this life only with no view to eternity. The rich man failed to lay up treasures in heaven even though the opportunity to do so laid at his doorstep every day. Even having Abraham as his father wouldn't help him on judgment day. So it doesn't matter if your mother knows Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if your daddy has a relationship with God. It doesn't matter if your auntie or your uncle, your brother or sister or your cousin, your niece and nephew have a relationship with God or no God, but the question is, do you have a relationship with God personally? A one-on-one -on -one between you and God. My goodness. But because the rich man neglected the true message of Moses and the prophets, his faith was mere profession that did not result in obedience. My God, today. So this message for us today is since present choices determine eternal destiny, we must repent. Believers, we must repent and believe God's word and not be deceived by outward appearances. Oh my God. Jesus told this spiritual truth about the real existence of these two places 
of eternity in either heaven or hell. And the basis of our deposits in this present temporary life will determine which place we spend eternity. Now, I just want to briefly talk about the three popular views about hell, and they are all false views about hell. And then we will get into the examination of verses 26 through 31. The first false view about hell is called universalism. And this view believes that a good and loving God could not condemn anyone to hell. That there is some good in even the worst of people. And that God will take that into account so that no one will be condemned. But the universalist underestimates both the awful sinfulness of the human heart and the absolute holiness of God. And I also want to add the, um, the power of choice that God gives each and every person, which is called free will. The rich man in the parable was not an evil man in human terms, and this is what this universal false view teaches people. He wasn't a mass murderer or a child molester. He wasn't deliberately hurting people. He was a just man living for himself, oblivious to the poor man at his gate. And yet here he is in the place of eternal torment. Clearly, Jesus did not teach that everyone, let alone everyone who isn't terribly evil, would be in heaven. Jesus did not teach this. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, which destruction is talking about um, eternity in hell. And many there be that are on that path, but narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and that's eternal life in heaven. And few there be that findeth it. That's what Jesus teaches. And many other scriptures about hell that Jesus often taught about. But this universalistic false view says that everyone will go to heaven, which is clearly not the case. Another false view is annihilationism. And this view teaches that God will destroy the unrepentant sinner so that he ceases to exist. In other words, the soul is not immortal. But in Matthew 25 and 46, Jesus uses the same word, eternal, in the same verse to refer to eternal punishment and eternal life. If life is eternal, then so is punishment. Also, in Revelation 20 and 10, it states that the devil, the beast, and the false prophet will be tormented.
tormented in the lake of fire and brimstone day and night forever and ever. Then just a few verses later in verse 15, it states that all of those whose names are not found written in the book of life are also thrown into the lake of fire. And to add on to that, in this present parable, the rich man was alive, he existed and was aware, he was consciously aware of number one, where he was, and number two, the state or condition that his soul was in. He knew what place he was in. He was not destroyed. My God, today. And the third false view of hell is the purgatory view. And people that teach this false view teaches that when a believer dies, unless he has attained a state of moral perfection on earth, which does not exist, he goes on to an intermediate place where he suffers until all sin is purged away. The sufferings vary according to the guilt and impenitence of the sufferer. Gifts and services to the church, prayers on behalf of the deceased, and the masses provided by friends or loved ones can all shorten the amount of time the person spends in purgatory. This doctrine of purgatory is not taught in scripture for it undermines the doctrine of justification by faith alone in Christ alone and this false view of hell also adds human works to Christ's finished work on the cross so that's a brief overview of the three false views popular views about hell. My God today. One cannot say that we believe in Jesus and the Bible and at the same time reject the doctrine of eternal hell. So God wants your faithful obedience by being a doer of the word and not a hearer only deceiving yourselves. Now this scripture reveals the value of a deposit from both temporary and eternal perspectives. And these are the, the last of the scriptures that we will be examining, verses 26 through 31. Now verse 26 says, And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. 
the rich man knew he was in hell. He knew, he was consciously aware, he even spoke it, he even said it to Father Abraham. So what does this mean? This means that there is no purgatory. It also means that there is no second chance after death. For Hebrews 9 and 27 says it is appointed for men to die once and after this comes judgment. You will be judged the moment that you die. And all this happened to the rich man's spirit or soul, the immaterial part of his being. His body was still buried, yet he did not cease or suspend existence or awareness. There is no idea of soul sleep or annihilation, not of spiritual progression or reincarnation. He did not come back as somebody else or something else. And there is no hint of purgatory or remedial cleansing. These scriptures also mean that before death, a person can move from spiritual death to eternal life. But once a person dies, his eternal destiny is permanent. It is fixed. He goes either to heaven or to hell. And there is no crossing over from one place to the other after that. Why? Because there is a great chasm or a great gulf that has separated the unrepentant from the repentant people. And those conditions are fixed. There is no change once you die. My God today. And God has been getting folks to separate and come out from the world since the beginning of time through his obedience. It is God who will separate the wheat from the tare and the sheep from the goat. God, God has, has been showing us separation since he created the earth. When he created light and day and not only did he create light and day but he separated the two the lesser light and the and the greater light and he called the the light day and another light night he separated god is showing us amen through his creation separation that if you desire eternal life and you desire salvation the gift of salvation you must be separated my God today and Christ bridged the gap of separation between man and, and God through the cross of Christ so that when you come out of darkness you will come into the light you are separating yourself from any and all forms of darkness to come into the light of Jesus Christ for he is the light of the world that you may become light in this dark world my God today so again now the rich man becomes the beggar because he was begging 
father Abraham, my God, to go to his house to warn his five brethren to not come to the place of eternal hell. So he goes either to heaven or to hell and there's no crossing over as we had mentioned uh, before. And there's a great gulf fixed and your condition is fixed once you arrive to whatever eternal destination of your choice that you chose. And again, now the rich man again becomes the beggar when the rich man asked Abraham to send Lazarus to warn his brothers. I'll say it again, as I had mentioned previously, the rich man begs Abraham to send Lazarus to warn his brothers. Abraham replies to the rich man that they have what they need to repent, namely Moses and the prophets. But the rich man protests saying that that's not enough. In other words, he kind of disagreed with Abraham and said that's not enough, that his brothers need something more spectacular, something miraculous. So the rich man said to Abraham, send them a man risen from the dead to preach to them and they will repent. Now let me go back and I'm going to read verses 29 through 31 Abraham saith unto him they have Moses and the prophets let them hear them and the rich man said nay or no father Abraham but if one went unto them from the dead they will repent and he said unto him and this is Abraham talking to the rich man if they his the rich man's brothers Hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So the rich man disagreed with Father Abraham and said that his loved ones or his family needed something more spectacular, something miraculous. And the rich man thought and believed that his family would believe a man that has risen from the dead to preach to them that they would believe that and then they would repent but Abraham insisted that the Moses and the prophets which is scripture which is the Bible today is a sufficient witness and that if they won't believe the scriptures then they won't believe if someone rises from the dead now, without placing or putting emphasis on the five brothers, a reasonable answer would be that it represents the rich man's whole family or even all those that he loves. I don't, I don't want to get into a full commentary about that. But in this particular scripture, it's, it's a reasonable answer to believe that's what the five brothers represent. And now we see that the rich man wants his family evangelized, but his family have to believe 
for themselves. Because if this is what the rich man desired when he was alive, he needed to be a living example to his family when he was living. That his life could have signified evangelism for his family. If, if he would have lived and believed in God and repented of his sins while he was living where, his, where he had influence over his family, that they would see his life and that they would desire to have what he had and repent and turn away while he was living. But now we see that it is too late. So the rich man had known what God's word says about concern for the poor and needy, but he chose to ignore this hurting man on his footstep, on his doorstep, excuse me. And so, in effect, he blamed God for not giving him sufficient witness. And this is why the rich man disagreed with Abraham about believing Moses and the prophets. He said that this wasn't enough. It wasn't sufficient. If you had just sent someone from the dead to warn me, is really what the rich man was saying, I wouldn't be in this place. But the fact is, the rich man did not want to inconvenience his comfortable lifestyle in order to care about this poor man. So the rich man died without repenting of his sins and trusting in Christ because he chose the temporary values of this earth, of this world, instead of the eternal values of heaven. So his eternal destiny was fixed in hell. And this brings us up to today where so many people have the same attitude as the rich man. Some people will say, if I could just see a miracle, I'd believe. But this is just a smokescreen. Again, this statement is just a smokescreen because the Bible bears witness of many, many miracles that Jesus the prophets and the apostles did. And first and foremost, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is the firstborn of the dead. There is sufficient evidence in the Word of God to believe the witness of the resurrection of Christ, for He has risen from the grave. Oh my God. And if a person will not read and believe the Bible, then he has a deeper problem, namely a moral problem. Jesus showed the weakness of trusting in signs and wonders to bring people to faith. It is easy to think that if people saw a spectacular sign, they would be compelled to believe. Jesus did rise from the dead. Yet many did not believe then. 
a man named Lazarus, this is a different Lazarus, my God, came back from the dead. Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, and yet the religious leaders did not believe him. People did not believe him and even tried to kill Lazarus. But what creates faith unto salvation is hearing the word of God. Romans 10 and 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. If you do not believe now while you have the word of God, then even someone returning from the grave will never convince you. So this parable lifts the curtain to what lies beyond death. Is it really about the future at all? It's about right now. It's about today. The world, the world where you and I live and about beggars sitting at our gates and about faith and about whether we have any and about whether or not God knows us and whether or not we have a relationship with God and whether God knows our name just as he knew Lazarus' name just as Lazarus' name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Is your name written in the Book of Life today? Paul, in the Book of Corinthians, says, If any man, referring to the human race, be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. If you desire to know Jesus Christ and receive eternal life, Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For without repentance, no one can enter into the kingdom of God. For repentance is a change of mind that results in a change of actions. If you truly repent of your sins and exercise faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit will work through sanctification to produce the evidence of transformation in this concludes the value of a deposit part four stay tuned for the next episode called Babylon is falling earthly versus heavenly economy I will be releasing a brief excerpt on Babylon is falling but the series Will be a complex and comprehend will be complex and comprehensive under the umbrella of transformational living. Also, 
future podcast coming your way is the great deception of the false doctrine of health and wealth and the biblical objections to this wicked doctrine that is destroying many lives today. The questions of whether God wants you physically sick and poor or physically rich and healthy will be discussed. Also, is this really a proper question or is it justification of sin disguised as a question? When most people ask questions, the honest intent is usually to seek and obtain the truth. But not all questions are structured and asked for that matter. Thank you for listening to Transformational Living, Depositing for Eternity as Spiritual Millionaires. May God bless you and